What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another uh, episode of the Culture Podcast. I'm always excited every week. Y'all know this by now. But um, particularly excited this week because we have an artist, um, Brando. Yep, what's up, what's up? Uh, really excited to have you on here to talk about some of your music, some of your projects, and also just talk about music in general and what's what's hot coming out with some, some good art. And by art, I mean music. Yeah. I'm really out of it. But this yeah. is a stream of consciousness, so you guys are going to get all the unfiltered <laughs> nonsense from me. Right. But, yeah, um, bro, I'm hyped to chop it up. Yeah, let me let me step back and allow you to kind of introduce yourself, plug what you do, explain where you come from, yeah. all the music part. Uh, my name's Brando. I'm actually originally from Grand Rapids, Michigan. I moved out to Massachusetts um, right after I graduated high school. And uh, once I moved out here, I met my homie Ian Davis and... Uh, I was always, I started making beats and stuff, making music when I was in high school, and I turned about 16, and it was just hella trash. Um, I was putting it on, <laughs> I was just putting it out by myself on SoundCloud, and then once I got here and started working with more people, Ian and I just started putting out content, and then um, this past year, through my homie Enlighten, uh, Jordan Tobert, I don't know if you know him. I do know Jordan Tobert. Yeah, the homie, he, uh, he linked us up with uh, Warren. And just from that, we just started making tons of music together. Because I, I had a ton of beats saved up, so working with them, they were just hopping on it easily, making tracks, like, within a day. And so from that, we dropped a project in June called Lazy Summer under our group name, Lazy Summer. And Where can, uh, where can we find that, though? I mean, I know where I can find it. Yeah. I don't want everyone listening to know where they Yeah, that, that first Lazy Summer project is on all streaming services <clears throat> and on SoundCloud. Um, and that SoundCloud is under my producer name, Brando Huddle. And uh, that that's, I think, nine tracks, um, all self-produced, no samples. Um, and so that was that was tight. And then just this past Halloween, we dropped the Spooky Tapes, which we worked on in like five days. And you can find that on SoundCloud, working on getting that on streaming services, hopefully awesome. shortly. So before we hop into the podcast, I'm going to play the first track off. It's called Spooky Tapes. I saw it's Halloween theme. Yeah. It's called Psycho. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. And you produce this all yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Lit like a candle, I'm a vandal on the beach. Shit's popping things to Brando. He got sandals on his feet. Panhandle can't manage the amount of heat we bring. Team chopping on the sample. Only thing we gotta eat like. I feel like a psycho, psycho. Pull up to your crib with a rifle. I'm so ice cold, ice cold. You really fuck with a psycho. <laughs> We bout to spark this J We knocking down every door My Jedi wield the force Hit up your brother warm Cause he got that dope All homegrown Fresher than your bathroom soap Don't you know It's green as energy I yeah, I'm making the real decisions They letting me cut the ribbon But only if I hit That's the impression Under That's the system Applied it to I'm every theory Of fluid communication If you really a scholar And criticize what I'm saying Encouraging you to win Speak slowly when you explain it Too slow You know I can't keep up The read along I can sing and hit my runs like it's a marathon Pick the page, I ride for days, so let me ramble on Boston rep and clover green, call me a leprechaun Too many sides, see I'm a polygon It's very rare, they often stare at you phenomenon All you ask for me is clout, but you offer me nothing Get me paid, I need the figures, the lay production I'm the wave, you niggas fishing for friction, you bluffing No brothers, I'm rushing, get hit with concussion Get hit with concussion, mix it with Robitussin Cutie, I got the blushing, spin the endless on rushes When niggas getting spooky and groovy, don't touch it I be moving hella smoothly, you niggas on crutches And I'm taking your crushes, we monster mash in public Get Brando on production 
on Sherry like Tyler Perry when he making the movies. Go hot in jacuzzi, hopefully I can go fill on your booty. Cause see, I'm moonwalking like I might go. Hey, I'm going crazy, I'm a psycho. Hey, so picture this like a nightgown. We can do this all night long with my python. I'm gone. Psycho. track all right yeah I thought, so where do you feel like your style comes from like if you were to put yourself in a genre because obviously it's rap music, yeah i feel like there's sub genres so what what, what do you Ooh. feel like you guys are uh or at I would least just, your style particularly yeah if anything i would if, if you could put it in like if there's an alternative rap maybe mm-hmm. just because uh i feel like there's a lot of different influences because we listen to so many different things um listen to a lot of different like psychedelic music we listen to like r&b then we also listen to obviously rap so i would feel like alternative rap probably mm-hmm. yeah i got like uh i mean obviously because it's the spooky tapes so i got like a tyler the creator sort of vibe yeah the beat and and you say you produced it so walk us through your creative process like you you step into the studio you open your laptop whatever it is and you're yeah like, i need to make some beats yeah what's the first thing that you do or how um, do you get ready to create yeah, it's always different for me. Um, but that beat, actually, that beat's actually an older beat I had. And I made that sitting on the couch with some headphones. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading this article about um, Alfred Hitchcock in the movie Psycho. Because, mm-hmm. like, the soundtrack was crazy on that. And that came out in, like, 1960. And so I found this little clip and just, like, I like made I went YouTube to MP3 and dropped the sample in. It was just like, damn, this sounds like hella eerie. I wonder what I can do with this. So that's a sample then. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, beginning, those beginning noises, and that like shower scene is from the shower scene of the, uh, okay. the that huge movie. Johnny, that yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 no. It's actually the movie like from the '60s, Psycho. Oh, and wow. so that's what like if you hear the beginning, there's a that's sample the shining, from the movie. Right? Yeah, that's the Shining. Shining. <laughs> I just I just thought shower is like oh like that's that's a crazy yeah movie. Oh. that movie was crazy too though, <clears throat> but. We actually took a sample from the movie and threw it in in the beginning before Ian's verse. Okay. But yeah, I just took the sample and then I usually do either the drums, drums first. So I think I put the sample in, then drums, and then after that I layered it with the bass line and. That's the first time I heard that. Why do you Why do you feel like producers put drums in first? Um, for me, I came from a kind of a drumming background when I got into making music, because I started off um, when I was in like fifth, sixth grade. I got rock band. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that that game. And I got obsessed with playing the drums on it. And so once I got into middle school, I joined percussion and kind of started playing the drums. I wasn't that good at it. And then I didn't really even like doing the band, so I quit. So once I started making beats, I found drums to be the easiest thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, the most fun for me. But Okay. So, yeah. so and now rap music-wise, so you write. Yeah. Like, and uh, how do you get the inspiration to write? Um, inspiration uh, will either come from, like, hearing a really good beat and being like, oh, I want to just go hard on this. Or, like, for that verse, Ian Ian and Warren did their verses first, and I went off of Warren's verse because he was, like, get hit with concussion. And so I heard, I hit that, I heard that and was like, oh, I can just go off of that. Mm-hmm. So either from other people on my tracks or sometimes it's just, like, going through stuff, real-life situations. For, the, for most of this project, Warren was able to just knock the choruses out quick so I usually just tried to write around the topic, like, figure it out. He was talking about, like, that was, like, a, about a relationship, so I kind of wrote about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, so I usually try to make it, like, related to the song. 
I try not to just have random bars, you know. That was kind of like a flex track, psycho, because we, we weren't. It wasn't really like a like on a theme, but how hard is that? So like obviously, you sit down and you hear the beat and you're like, okay, I'm gonna write something to this, and you need to have a subject. Yeah. So what was the subject for psycho? Because you no, you did just tell like it was about a relationship. Whoa. So that one was figure it out. The one that was about the relationship, psycho. Uh-huh. I think psycho was just. We were trying to go off of spooky vibes. We were trying to say spooky kind of stuff on it. Okay. So what do I say? I, I say, hey, concussion. Um, QJ, I got a blushing. And then I say, but niggas hella spooky and groovy. Don't touch it. So I was just always trying to, like, kind of have, like, little spooky innuendos in there. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, it, like, it wasn't really about a certain topic. So it's just... And that's, that's the thing. Like, sometimes I feel like artists who are just getting started, they're... If there's not a cohesiveness or like a single theme to like a group of songs or a track, it's like that's where people can go. Okay, like what am I listening to? Like, what is this about? Yeah. And, and I think that's something that's so important is if you can create like a story around your music. Yeah. I think that's what because like I think of all the early stuff from like the artists who are big now, and like for me, J Cole, like Friday Night Lights, like the whole theme of that album like came across as like and it, it was kind of culminated in sideline story right it's all this giant pun Man, on like Cole I'm trying to get crazy. off the sidelines yeah like and I'm trying to like it's big time like and that was like for me him comparing playing on Friday nights like maybe it was like football or like I know he was a basketball player playing on those under the under that like view under that like um, that focused look people are checking you out and that's the same thing for the music scene for him right. I thought that was a really cool concept so yeah it's cool. it's cool when I see artists like this is a spooky tape so like you have a theme to the whole album yeah it, it gives it grounds it in in the time and I think that's important yeah I feel like I always kind of looked up to stuff like that I kind of because I know you said Tyler the creator he was one of the reasons why I started even making music because when I was in high school I was like oh damn he produces and he kind of always had a storyline throughout his music and his albums. So I feel like that's maybe something I had subconsciously always been thinking about, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Who, are, who are some of your favorite artists? Uh, like, of all time or at the moment? At the moment. At the moment, um, Vince Staples just dropped a project that's pretty he dope. Did just, like, how recently? Like, today it dropped. I need to get on yeah, that. Yeah, you got to get on that. Um, but I, uh, Thundercat, I love Thundercat. They're really good. Weren't they at Afropunk? Yeah, yeah, that he is a he's a bassist and that dude is just ridiculous. Um but in terms of rappers, if I'm gonna listen to Earth Gang, Earth, Earth Gang, Gang, Earth Gang's crazy. They had this one track with J I D. Um Him too. Division. Yeah, bro. That, that goes hard. I, I'm uh, waiting for J I D's new album to Yeah, do. that's dropping um later this month. Okay, good. I'm yeah. Thank you for that. But I got to see um uh, me and my buddy last year. Went to see Earth Gang and JID in Cambridge. Oh, okay. Bro, they were good. Ridiculous. I always think that's interesting. Like, sometimes you hear artists, like, over Spotify or whatever streaming platform they're on, and then people sometimes say, like, yeah, they suck live. So I feel like yeah. you know they're really good if you go live and you're just like, I'm with it. Yeah, right? If you can really just do your thing. And that's what, like, there's so, that's why there's so many rappers that you see on stage and they're just like, super boring. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of like the like the Lil Pumps, Lil Uzis. Not 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 those, because I feel like Lil Uzi is and like those artists have a really big crowd. Yeah, you can't be not talented and have that. Yeah, because Uzi goes wild too. That's why people want to go to his shows, you know. But there are some artists where it's like you'll hear them, and it's like with all the studio editing, everything. It's like okay, it sounds tough on the track, but if you go see them live, it's like kind of a flat experience yeah so 
So that's that's always interesting to hear. Like, okay, I love this artist. Like when I'm listening to them on Apple or Spotify, but when I'm in person, it's just as lit. Right. Like, uh, what was I was watching that documentary J Cole made about his um the the album he had before this, not even even before For Your Eyes Only. Oh, so 2014, yeah, 2014, yeah. Drive. The the tour for that and like the whole setup and the concept behind it was incredible. And like I remember watching the documentary saying like it looks that lit live. Like, yeah. Performed, um, uh, what was like the fourth track off that? Um, a Tale of Two Cities. Yeah, he performed a Tale of Two Cities live, and like he didn't even rap. Like the crowd was, was screaming the lyrics, cause bro, and like the lights were going. I'm like, that sounds. Like and he reps hard, so you know the whole state was going to come out for him. Yes. You know. Yes. And that was see like stuff like that. I'm like, that's what I'm paying. I'm paying for the experience. Yeah. I went. I saw who was in concert. I saw Logic in concert. Oh yeah, he, he came to UMass. Yeah, I was at that show. Yeah, and I thought the visual he had. So he was. I talked about this I think two episodes ago. Yeah. But he had like the setup, and on the background he had like an image from Spirited Away or no Akira. The, oh the movie damn! Akira, yeah, the anime. Yeah. And it was like this scene where they were in the city, and it was like a like a carnival or a festival, but Akira set in the future. So mm-hmm. like they had this float with like this hologram on it, and it was like a Buddha. It was like the laughing Buddha that you see like in a lot of like um, Asian fusion restaurants. We're not laughing, but it was spinning around like Damn. in a circle. And he looped that scene over and over again as he was performing his new. Um, at the time, it was new, the, the space motherfucking. Oh yeah, the album cover with him in the in the, the red jacket. Yeah. yeah, and like just the vibe and the lighting and then the visual. And then he had like the That's stars cool. at one point. Yes, that was fine. Cool. Like I remember, because I'm not a huge Logic fan. Just because I, I I just honestly haven't really listened to his music, but I remember being like, I will never hate on his performance because yeah. this was it was. And he sick. could rap. He raps like, and that's the one thing I feel like people oftentimes forget. Like you need to practice the delivery incessantly. Yeah. In order to really like get it across, I was watching the Joe. I listened to the Joe Budden podcast, and he had like was, I don't know when this episode was like in the past three days. It was he had someone on the on the phone, and he said, "Look." And this is like one of the old heads. So he was like, in his opinion, Jay-Z has the best bars ever, mm-hmm. like of all time. But then he said, Jay-Z had the best bars of all time, but Biggie delivered the, any bar he delivered would sound I'd like agree with the that. best thing ever said. It was like, it was what Jay-Z said, but it was how Biggie said it. Yeah, because like, Biggie had that swag to him. Yeah, he could say something. Biggie was swagged the hell out. Yeah. He could say something, and it wouldn't matter what he said. That shit was tough. Yeah, <laughs> it was tough. exactly. I don't care what he said. So I think delivery is such an important part. Of just making music in, in general. Yeah. So now we, you said some of your favorite artists. So now give me your Mount Rushmore, your top five. Oof. Is it five? Yeah, I think it's five. I don't even know. <laughs> Mount Rushmore, man. That that takes me back to like seventh grade history. That's deep. All that shit. But let me think, man. That's tough. Top, top five artists all time. With rappers. That, let's let's stick to hip hop. Okay, hip hop. All right. So I'm gonna say, ooh, rappers. Oh man. Okay, so I gotta say Kendrick's up there for sure now. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly, Kendrick's in my top five. He has to be. Um, let's see. I'm gonna have to put MF Doom on there. For straight lyricism. MF Doom is pretty. Like he goes over a lot of people's heads. So. Yeah, he goes over a He's lot like of people's fine heads. Fine wine, hip hop consumption. Like yeah, that. bro, just Five ridiculous. Um, whew, so that's two. This is harder than I thought, bro. Yep. So who you have? Under three thousand. Under three thousand. MF Doom. Um, and 
What was the first I said? I mean, you said it. <laughs> Let me see. Damn. Andre 3000, MF Doom. You just keep on going if you remember. Yeah. Um, Who do I want to put? I almost want to put... Oh, I said Kendrick was my first one. Okay, yeah, Kendrick. Um, Kung Fu Kenny. I almost want to say uh, Earl Sweatshirt. Earl Sweatshirt? I was on your Mount Rushmore? Okay. Yeah, I think so, bro. Just because he has enough projects out to be up there. Mm-hmm. I know people, hip-hop heads, are probably going to get mad at me. No, I mean, it's your personal list. Yeah, it is my per. Yeah, you're right. Um, and then throw <laughs> throw Hove on there, man. You just, get, you're just going to throw Hove <laughs> because Because, bro, I, as I'm getting older, I'm listening to him. And it just makes more and more sense. You know what yeah. I mean? It's so much more relatable. That dude was dropping gems. Yeah, people don't... Like, I think that's the funny thing is our top fives, like, our generation's top fives may be different because we didn't get them at their prime. Like, we heard their prime, but we weren't listening to them when it was just dropping. Like, we were hearing the Black Album. or Like, we were hearing, like, all those, like, other iconic tracks a couple years after they came Right. Out. Like you weren't there for the like the day it dropped. Like, yeah, you like bro. waiting in line for this for the CD or for exactly the, like so it's different for us. It's so different, and like especially like <clears throat> it'd be so different if I was there the day that Blueprint dropped and I was actually buying the physical exactly. CD. You know what I mean? It That's been why, like, crazy. personally, I'm not a huge Nas head, oh, and okay. I and I think it's just because that wasn't my time you know what i mean like i wasn't there to see it you know what i mean you gotta listen to illmatic again bro yeah I, I, bro and i do but like <laughs> listen to it again bro. illmatic is is i don't know it might be the hip-hop manuscript like, and i and, and i get that like dog, that's my personal opinion though i'm not cool yeah no i, I got it, you I respect it, I respect it. and like dog was 17 doing the shit too exactly like that and, and that's what you got to take into account but like for me it's like we play some Illmatic real mm-hmm. quick, just so we get some reference here because oh and he did Illmatic live from like he performed the album like in yeah the, Dog's like, Legendary plays like oh the yeah we're gonna play so in the background before we were playing music from Spooky Tapes yes, so we're gonna man. we're gonna hop back on that but I, I just needed some New York state of mind in the background yeah now this shit is no so how do you feel like so where'd you grow up I grew up in uh, Detroit to Grand Rapids yeah. in Michigan. And how, how do you feel like that's influenced your style of music? Um, I feel like it's influenced it because being in, being from Detroit, I, I recently actually got back into Dilla. Mm-hmm. And uh, that getting into Jay Dilla completely changed the way I do drums and production all, all together. But if anything, it gave me, um, you know, when I moved to Grand Rapids... I went from going from Detroit, which is 80% black, mm-hmm. to Grand Rapids, which is all white. Okay. And so, honestly, being in that kind of environment, I got exposed to all different kinds of music. Um, so, I, I mean, I lived in a black household, so I was listening to rap all the time. We were, When we got in the car, we were on the hip-hop stations, but when I wasn't at the house, I was listening to other shit, too. So, I was listening to electro. I got into electronic music, I got into hip-hop music, but with that shit, there's black artists within all of it. So electronic, I got into Flying Lotus first. Okay, Flying Lotus is. Dope. I first yeah. heard them. They were on the track with Kendrick. Yeah, I yeah. Never catch me. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, I got into Flying Lotus right when I started making music, and so that got me like listening to those kind of things made me feel like I didn't have to stick to a kind. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a particular genre. Yeah, you don't have to stick to anything, and nothing has to be so like A and B. You know what I mean? You can kind of music. You can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like I was just kind of, I don't know, open to anything. 
So one thing that I so I love this. There's this uh, like scene. You ever watch movie Doctor Strange? Mm-mm. So uh, I've seen him in uh, all the Avengers. Movies. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this scene in Doctor Strange where he's like not Doctor Strange, and he's so his his like origin story is he's this genius doctor from New York City, mm-hmm. and um, he's a neurosurgeon, right? So he like re- like reattaches severed like nerves and helps people walk again and stuff. So. In the movie, the start of the movie is pretty much he's driving to, like, this fancy event. And he's, like, a douchebag at the beginning of the movie, too. He's, like, a shitty person. Mm-hmm. He's driving to this, um, like, medical event. Looks like they were going to honor him for something he did. And he was, like, speeding in his Lambo because he's paid. Yeah. And he crashes the Lamborghini. And it is, in the crash, he crushes, like, all the bones in both of his hands. So, like, he can't be a doctor anymore. And so the beginning part of the movie, he's like, I need to find a way to heal myself. Like, and for him, it was who can perform the procedure to help attach the nerves in my hands, like, make sure they could function properly. Paid, used up all of his money, like, surgery after surgery, but his hands would always shake. Mm. So his last-ditch effort was, he's like, okay, I have to try something. He meets this guy who goes, yeah, like, there's this guy who got his spine completely severed. But he was able to walk again. And he said, that's impossible. So he goes to talk to this guy. And the guy goes, oh, you need to go to Nepal. There's this place in Nepal where they taught me, like, how to heal myself. He's like, but it was not science in the sense of, like, you learn it in a textbook. Rather, it's, like, holistic healing, right? Mm. He goes to Nepal. He eventually makes it there. And he meets the person who taught this guy how to walk again. But it's all... And this is where it's, like, Doctor Strange. He's, like, a magician, a sorcerer, yeah. or whatever. There's a scene in that movie where he's sitting down and he goes, he watches the um, person who teaches him make like do a spell, some cool shit. And he goes, how do I get from where I am to where you are? Right. And she and then she goes, how did you become from someone who didn't know anything about medicine or science to be able to reattach severed nerves? And he was like, years of practice. Right. And she's like, there you have it. Now, that long winded ass story was my question for you is. You hear amazing artists on the radio, and then you're an aspiring artist, and you go, "Wow, how do I get from here to there?" And not for like, now I'm not talking about like tour dates and like the money side, but just the lyrical skill, the ability to create what's in your head, right? And get it cleanly onto like a platform. Have you thought about that process, and how do you feel like you've grown as an artist since you started? Yeah, um, I definitely have thought about that process because. The first, if you listen to the first things I ever made, I would literally, it's the worst shit ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's funny, um, I actually started working on music when I was like 14 or 15. Uh, I wasn't making beats or anything. I was just like finding shit off YouTube and rapping over it. Mm-hmm. And I was hella cocky and confident. I was like, I'm, a, I'm the best rapper ever. And so I started releasing it and it was trash and no one would tell me. And it hit a point where I, like, got crazy embarrassed by it. You know what I mean? Because I was like, oh, my God. Like, I went by a different name and shit. And so I laid low because I was like, damn, like, what am I doing? Maybe I, maybe this isn't my thing. But during that whole time I was laying low, I was still making music and making beats. And so then, like, two or three years later, I was chilling. Like, I, I, got, I was, like, hella unconfident with my shit after that. And so I was chilling in high school. I was, like, kind of known in high school. So people were like, what are you listening to? And I was listening to one of my beats. My homie was like, yo, let me just make shit. And he heard it and was like, oh, yo, you should put this out. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, okay, maybe I can do this shit. So then after that, I kind of got the confidence to start releasing music again. And then 
with working with other people like Ian and Warren and shit, they kind of inspire me to keep going too. Because yeah. like there will be so many times that I'm making my own stuff and I'll just get down on myself and be like, this is trash. And then I'll play it for them and they'll be like, yo, what? Like this beat is crazy. You always feel like you're like more harsh on yourself than anybody else. Oh yeah, I- I'm like I'm a little too hard on myself to the point that like I stopped like I didn't I didn't like Lazy Summer was my first project mm-hmm. and I've been like working on music for a while like I easily could have could have dropped more stuff. yeah like like this beat on this song I made like three years ago oh, okay and you just put something on yeah it. and we just did something on it because like I was just like I don't know if it's good enough and then I played it for Ian and Warren and they were like oh my god I gotta rap on this shit immediately yeah so it's so, definitely I, I definitely need a boost from people sometimes. How many years do you feel like it took you to get from where you were like, yo, my stuff is trash, to now we're like, I could drop a project and my beat production, the production is where I want it to be, the rap is where I want it to be, the delivery is where I want it to be. Like, how long from you first dropping being trash to now? Um, I would say probably honestly three years. Yeah. Probably from like when I was sixteen. By by the time I was nineteen, <laughs> I was like. I think I have solid, like, I have verses that I stand behind still when I was 19, you know what I mean? Yeah. Compared to the shit when I was, like, 17. Oh, okay. Uh, but. So that two-year progression was, like, something legit where you're like, okay, 19, you'll still stand behind those verses. Yeah, I'll still stand behind it. But, you know, you're also still fucking learning, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm still getting I'm still getting better day by day. But, yeah, it's one of those kind of things. That is, see, I, that's something I always think is so important for people to realize is you start something, you're going to suck. Like, yeah. there are very few people. Who, and I, that's music, that's anything. But there are some few, there are a few people out there who are truly, like, they found what they, what they were made to do. Yeah. Like, and you can't let those people who excel immediately discourage you from sharpening or honing, like, any particular skill that you, that you want to have. Exactly, like, I man. That's very important. Like, there's so many people that I will see, like, like even honestly, like I have a synth- <laughs> I have a synthesizer and a drum machine at my place right now, and it's because my friend was like, I want to start making beats, and bought those immediately. Yeah. Like, bro, so many people go to try to start something and buy all this equipment and shit, and it's like, you know, you got to take it back to the basics. But you know what I mean? Like, I still make a lot of beats with just nothing, just my on-screen keyboard. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. There's so many, like, it takes time, you know what I mean? To develop that shit. Yeah. No, and you know what makes it, it's, uh, and that's, it's interesting that you say that, because some people, if I find the people who didn't have a lot of resources to begin with are very, what is the word I'm looking for? Not intuitive. Like, intuitive is definitely the word, but they make a lot, they make something out of nothing. Yeah. Sort of resourceful. Yeah, resourceful. Yeah, they're very resourceful with what they have. And so, that's how hip-hop started, you know? Exactly. Literally, like, read the idea of remixing something. Yeah. Like, taking something that's already created and adding something new, but, like, that completely changes what it is, the feeling of what it is. And, like, that sampling, but that also comes now with... And this is something I said, I think it was probably two episodes ago, too. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a photographer in New York City. And um, he, he said something to me that I thought will always stick with me. He's like, as artists, we're empty cups. And your life, what you experience on a daily basis is filling the cup, right? Mm. And then as an artist, see, some people will fill the cup and it's just full. And like, 
it might drain out or whatever. But artists pour that back out into right. a project, into something that they mm. that is a reflection of themselves. And how you pour it out, what you make, is dictated by what you've experienced. Oh, completely. So that's how come everyone can have a distinct sound. And that's why it's important that you have like a theme to music or you have a theme to like your photography or if you're a painter or an artist because then it's uniquely your own. Yeah. But the thing that and I took art classes here at UMass my freshman year, the thing that stuck with me is in order to become skilled enough to create what's it to be able to bring to life what's in your head, you need to practice certain skills. Mm -hmm. That's why they have artists who are starting repaint the great works of like really famous artists from the past yeah which is in my opinion why artists who are just starting put out mixtapes rapping off other beats that mm -hmm. they may have heard because you're gonna rap over a beat that maybe like wayne rapped over a while back and you're gonna find yourself like taking some of that flow unconsciously mm -hmm. or like i feel like that's almost how everyone started right it's crazy and it's not and the reason it's not popping is because it's not distinct yet it's like yeah you're just rhyming words in order until and that's the funny thing you're rhyming words in order until you start rapping mm -hmm. because there's a difference I don't know what it's the a difference, difference is, man you hit play and you can hear it immediately like you can tell when something's tough when something's not and it's not like you're a critic but you can feel yeah the difference it's crazy because sometimes you even know when you're writing it <laughs> Yeah. You know when you're writing it, you're like, oh shit! When I once I record this, it's about to be something crazy. Yeah. And you'll know when you're like, I don't know about this verse. Like mm -hmm. you can tell. And what? So let's say you're you're giving advice to someone who's in their teens, right? Early mm -hmm. teens, mid teens, who's like, I want to be an artist, rap artist, or I don't even want to be an artist confined by genre, but I know that I'm gonna do some rapping. Yeah. What would you recommend them? Recommend that they do daily. Um. Daily, I would just say keep at your craft. Um, when you say keep at your craft, like what does that mean? So if you work on music, if it, if you're making beats, you don't have to make beats daily, but at least think about it and what you're gonna be doing with it. Um, and also make it for yourself. Make it for yourself first instead of trying to make it for other people. Um, and if you're a rapper, I think you should. Warren tells me Warren is like. He's always working, and he tells me he writes every day. So I feel like if you really want to become a skilled a skilled writer, you got to be writing every day. Yeah. You can't just pick up the pen every once in a while. It's if that's what you want to be doing, yeah, you got to hustle for it. Who, what, what's the rule? How many hours? 10,000 hours? Yeah, 10,000 hours of applied practice. Yeah, straight up. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I, know, I don't know if I'm at, I doubt I'm at those 10,000 hours yet. How so. you started when you were 17? 16 and you're 21 now yeah 21 yeah i mean you probably are closer than you think closer than i think but probably still got play. yeah Little still way. got hours so yeah no it's just about the the creative process is such an interesting one because everyone's different yeah like i watched a documentary it was like on hip-hop like and it was produced by like ice cube mm. yeah. oh was it something from nothing mm, maybe it was was this like Kanye's in it? Um, yeah, there's a lot of different people in it. Yeah, they go back to like Grandmaster Flash and all those people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They and they were interviewing artists like, so how do you rap? Like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And what was rock him was like 16 dots on the page. Yeah. Or, but Immortal Technique was like, he, he boxes. Like, he gets angry. Damn. Then he and you can tell he does. And the process is different. Yeah. Like, for me, it's like, I would love to get in the room and like, just ask like, okay, like, Kendrick. Mm -hmm. What creative space do you get into to rap? I just want to know. I want to understand what you need to do in order to be able to write what you write. 
or like J. Cole, because J. Cole's cool because he produces some of his own stuff. Yeah. And then he writes to it. So, like, there's got to be, I wonder if it's, is it the same thing? Like, you get in the same creative space to make a beat and then write to it? Or, like, do you make the beat and you have to step away and you have to come back later? You feel like that's something that you do. Yeah. Um, great question, man. It depends on the time um, and how I'm feeling because it's all, everything's about feeling. Everything's about feeling. So sometimes I can make a beat and in the same time I can write a verse and kill it. But a lot of the times I got to sit on it for a little bit because if, if I'm writing something, if I really want it to be meaningful, I definitely got to take time to step back. Unless it's just like that spirit takes over me and I can just put that verse down. Because sometimes that shit just randomly happens. But I usually like to sit with a beat for a while. And just really like, because I guess like when you're making a beat, you know every little, all the intricacies of it. That's the word. Um, like you know how to line up your delivery with certain parts of the, of the track beat, yeah. To so make it hit harder. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'll try to, I'll try to just like listen to the beat constantly and then just write to that. But. But in terms of like the energy I have, I usually like, I usually smoke a bit. Mm-hmm. I'll smoke before I write a lot feel, of the time. You feel like smoking weed, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Do you feel like that helps you become more creative? Uh, yeah. I don't think I I don't need it, but mm-hmm. it definitely brings a different energy to me. Yeah. Um, especially with like making beats and stuff too. That's what's up. Yeah. I who was in here last week? Someone said the same exact thing as you. They're like, yeah, sometimes they smoke a bit of weed, like to uh, they feel like it helps them loosen up in a sense. Yeah. And I think that's interesting, like that. It's just it's just a cool concept that your altered state of consciousness can produce yeah different different than what you would yeah that is certainly an interesting thing. No, I think it becomes a problem when it's like I need to smoke to do it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. then it's like all right, that that's a little problematic. Yeah. Um, I think when you start to use something as a way to cope with things that happen yeah. to you in recurrent like a recurrence, like if you drink or smoke to deal with depression or like how you're feeling about your current situation in life or something that like is out of your control then that's where i feel like you become that's dangerous definitely I think a lot of times people don't realize that they're doing that oh yeah a lot of people don't man so like just being like a word of caution on that but i definitely believe that there's everything in moderation that's mm-hmm. all i say yeah definitely yeah. everything in moderation <laughs> certainly but that is interesting i still think it's so interesting that like getting to the altered state of consciousness will produce like a different type of result yeah yeah it's crazy man like spooky tapes that was definitely the vibe because yeah. we made those quick we were just like smoking chilling and just knocking them yeah. out Plus the conversation between friends, like that's another thing. Like if you're oh, yeah. write, rapping with other people, you're writing with other people. Like the what you make could be better. It's like the iron sharpest iron sort of. Thing. Oh, definitely, man. It's like if you write, if someone writes something like, "Yo, I just said this." Like, what do you think? You're like, you know what, bro, bro, you could have said like this or like, All right, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm gonna do you one better. Like, I'm gonna say it this way. Yeah, it's powerful. And that's why that's why I love doing Lazy Summer because we really just bounce off each other, mm-hmm. and it's never it's never any judgment. It's just like, yo, let's just have fun with this shit. Because that's what it is. It's just like energy at the time. Like, even if it sounds weird at the end of the day, like, hey, we put it out there. That's how we were feeling. You know? Yeah, man. So tell us the story. So how'd you, you said that you met Warren, the Alchemist, and who else? Ian Davis. Ian Davis. So how'd you meet them? Yeah, so. If you go a little more in detail. Yeah, Ian Davis actually was the first person I met in Massachusetts. Okay. um, At UMass Orientation after I moved from high school. He was in my group um, that we got put in, and we both were just like, he had super long hair, so I could tell he smoked. So I was like, all right, we'll probably, I was like, I was like we'd probably be friends because of that. And then I remember 
um, our group counselor was like, uh, she's like, so tell us your favorite artist. And he went before me and he was like, Kanye West. I know he's problematic at the time now. Yeah, but this was 2015. Let me tell you, bro. I used to ride. He was my favorite of all time. Up to this, like literally up to the last bullshit thing he did. And then I don't know. And I knew I stopped fucking with him when I just didn't feel the need to listen to his music. Yeah. Because before it was like, you know, I listened to a Kanye track bro. daily. Daily. And now, and now I don't. Bro, he was my favorite artist of all time. Yeah. Like, but so Ian said that shit, and, and I was like, I. I he was gonna be my answer too. So after that, we were just talking, chopping it up. We just became good friends, like right from that. He's still my boy. And then Warren, um, Warren, I always saw him around, like throughout college, and like we just like never got to chop it up really. And then, like I said, like it was actually one night I was doing a profile on uh, Jordan. It was one of his last nights because he was his last semester was last year, this semester, and uh, we were just chilling, making music and stuff. And Warren was there. And just from us meeting, we all made a track, like, that night. Oh, wow. Yeah, and just from that energy, like, we were just, like, we knew, like, it would just be us, because Jordan was leaving. We were like, all right, we got to keep this energy going. And, okay. Yeah. That's what's up, man. That's cool. I feel like a lot of the really great opportunities that happen start in, like, unexpected ways. Yeah, so, yeah, so, oh, yeah, so many times. Yeah, this guy who became tight. It was my boy. And the next thing I know, we were making music, and we talked to somebody else, and we, like, got a platform, like. So I always say never underestimate the power of networking. And like that's a word that I didn't really understand until recently, like developing relationships with people. And like not every relationship has to be a friendship or like an intimate relationship. Like there could be professional relationships, casual relationships. Right. But like tapping into those things allows you to be exposed to more opportunities. Oh, definitely, bro. So always be, and that's what I say, you always got to be kind, you always got to be respectful to people because you never know. Mm-hmm. Like that person you didn't think much of might have an end to like, oh yeah, like my my dad owns a radio station. And it's like, oh, what? Like, what? Or like, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly, like, man. So I know this, I know a guy who, and then that literally like, I know a guy or I know a girl or I know somebody who does yeah. this or does that. That's like some crazy opportunity, man. Yeah. Really set up. And I feel like that's why the project worked out because like, it was no ego there, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like, we all were like, yo, let's hang out and make music. That's how it all started. We weren't even going to make a group. Yeah. We were like, let's just hang out and make music. And then just from like a couple sessions and knowing that, I was like, yo, we got enough songs to make an album now. Like, we should just, we're all on each song. So like, because we all also like have our own solo music too. Yeah. That we still do. So. That's what's up. Yeah. I'll say, um, so we're going to bring this down to a close just because the space that we got is, is about to run out on us but yeah. I want to give you the space to just one If you, are you making anything that's coming up that we should be key to like are you dropping anything recently soon or yeah, things um, on the wings like what's going on with that yeah so actually um, Lazy Summer's going to be dropping another project before the end of this year okay. we're going to do a jolly tape since we got the spooky tapes oh so it's a Christmas yeah I'm going to try to get some Christmas samples in the mix and just like chop them up and try to drop something by Christmas. Um, I also, I, I posted about it on Instagram. I want to try to do a project. I recently got this, like, cassette recorder. Okay. And I want to make physical beat tapes and just drop them around the UMass campus. Because I got too many beats. And so I want to just, like, do a fall cleaning and uh, just, like... Cassettes? Yeah, and just drop them around. <laughs> how, how are people going to play cassettes That's the thing, bro. That's my thing. If you really want to hear it, you'll find a way to play it. If not... I don't got to deal with it anymore, but okay. people are still dropping, uh, like, beat tapes. My, my buddy, my roommate, Jake, cops some uh, cassette tapes, so. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, we want to try to put something out, something Just creative. make some, just, like, bring it, like, a throwback. Like yeah, yeah, something beats. like that. Just something creative, okay, but, 
that's what we got for the rest of this year. And then next year, we're just going to keep grinding, making more stuff. That's what's up. Yeah, man. So thank you again for coming on the podcast, man. It's always great to have creatives on here. And that's what this podcast is for. We talk about the culture. Right, and bro. that culture encompasses so many different things. So I think this is... This is this is good stuff, man. Truly appreciate it. And for one last time, you can share your Instagram, your yeah. uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that stuff. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, all that at Brando Huddle. That's B R A N D O H U D D L E. Um, you can also find that new spooky tapes on SoundCloud slash Brando Huddle. Um, Lazy Summers on all streaming services. Just look that up. You can also follow Ian Davis and uh, Warren the Alchemist. I don't know their tags right now, mm-hmm. but definitely look them up. You can find them through my page if need be. And uh, thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, man. It's been real. Shout out to the culture. Thanks, bro. You know what? Yeah, and, these uh, shows have been great. Hey, um, so you guys know we've been pumping out episodes with more regularity. We're going to keep it going for you guys. Thank you, uh, everyone who's been listening up to this point. We're about to hit 1,000 listens on the podcast total. And uh, we still only started last March. So for some people, that's not anything. But for me, that's a big deal. So everyone who's been consistently listening, thank you. If you're new, thank you. Uh, hopefully you stick around. We're going to keep on making this thing better. Until next time, Odacia family.